Hi, and welcome to a special series of podcasts, which will take you, the listener, on a journey through the process of becoming an IB school. We have the good fortune of having a nearby school about to become a multi-program IB school. Rockford High School, located about 40 miles west of Minneapolis, is a medium-sized rural school, adding the middle years program, the diploma program, and the career-related programs all at once to their 9 through 12 building. Over a series of podcasts, taking about two years, we will talk to Rockford stakeholders about the decisions leading to this implementation, the process, and the requirements they must meet to become part of the IB World School community. Please follow along as we take this journey with the RHS staff and community. Links to the requirements, the timeline, and the costs involved are found in the program notes for this podcast and other episodes in this series. Welcome to IB Matters, a podcast for those who currently teach, lead, attend, or are interested in international baccalaureate IB schools. So hello, I'm John Peterson with IB Matters, and today we're starting a very special series of podcasts with Matt Scheidler and other folks from Rockford High School, and we are going to be talking about the process of becoming an IB school. Let me start with just uh, saying hi to Matt, and why don't you introduce yourself? Well, hello, John. Thank you so much for having me on today, and I'm really excited to talk to you about, uh, and to all of your listeners, about our journey. Um, we have uh, we had started applying uh, to become an IB school in the 2015-2016 school year, um, and we had, we would have found out for two previous attempts that we didn't uh, receive the grant, but on the third attempt, we did receive the grant. And that is just a, a fantastic situation. And the relationships we've been able to build in this process um, with visits and talking to the IB coordinators, the DP coordinators, the MRT coordinators, and certainly uh, you, John, and all the leadership at the MNIB network, it, it's been a fantastic experience thus far. Great. So how did you personally get involved with this? How long have you been involved with the process at Rockford, and how did you end up in the position? I believe you're now, at least at this moment, the current acting DP coordinator. Is that right? Yeah. So my my role or my official title next year is IB Program Administrator. Okay. And we have we actually submitted applications for three of the four mm-hmm. IB programs. So the middle years program for our ninth and 10th graders, the diploma program for 11th and 12th graders, and the career-related program uh, for 11th and 12th graders. And we found out in the last few weeks that we are now official candidate schools for NYP, CP, and CP. So we're very, very excited wow. about that. Um, you've, bitten off, like it, you've bitten off a lot, but it's uh, that's great. I'm glad yeah. to see it. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And we we certainly have leaned on and, and, and worked with uh, and learned from um, the experiences of the, the other schools. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's exciting with how many schools in Minnesota that have NYP, DP, CP, or a combination of those programs. So we went on four-site visits this spring. Um, you know, you would ask how, how long I've been involved in this process. I was the high school principal when we initially started writing these grants. And we look at this as, as really enhancing our identity. I mean, we have uh, a relationship-focused high school. We work very, very hard 
but we didn't really have a core academic identity to okay. rally around. And sure. That's what IB, uh, I mean, the, the, I would say there, there are formal structures to IB, but it's also very flexible. Right. And that, that's really interesting to learn about. I've been to MYP training. I'm going to DP training next week. And uh, but all sorts of trainings and, and learning opportunities with the folks in the, in the Minnesota IB network. So um, we're, we're excited that we can build on the great things we've been doing. And now we've got partnerships with 20, 25 different schools in Minnesota so we can improve in our areas of growth. Right, right. So for those that are listening, you know, obviously most of our listeners are not here in Minnesota, but it is, I think the theme that you're hitting on here, Matt, is the idea that there are a lot of people that have been through the journey or are, are going through it themselves at different stages. And no matter where you are in the world, there's another IB school within reach, whether it be within reach directly down the street or, you know, by internet or by some combination of, of uh, colleagues that you know in a network. Um, there are, it, it's really going to, you're going to hear this throughout this series of podcasts that connecting with other people and in the IB community, which now I understand is somewhere in 5,000 plus schools. So there's definitely someone who's been through what you're looking at doing. And, you know, you and I, Matt, have talked many times over the last uh, 18 to 18 to 24 months about this process. So I think that's something that we'll continue to, to hit on as a theme. Would you mind uh, just sharing kind of what's the size of your school, a little bit about the location and size of your school, because folks kind of will relate, I think, to to, to your school not being too big, not being too small. Sure. Well, we are we're uniquely situated. Um, I would say we're on the west coast of Hennepin County, <laughs> right along the, the Crow River. Okay. And, oh, I see. That's uh, why it's the West Coast. I was going to say, you know, you're kind of reaching there. There's no real water, but I guess <laughs> the yeah, the river river counts. I'll give you that. The river. That's our yeah, coastline. That's your coastline. Uh, I like. Have, I love it. We have uh, 500 students. We'll be up to about 530 students next year. And that's in how big? And how many grades? Oh, we are at uh, nine through 12 high school. Okay, so like 125 roughly per class. And so, we, we are, we're situated, we're about 30-mile drive uh, to, the, to the heart of Minneapolis, so uh, you can kind of have it all in Rockford, where you've got uh, a small town, country feel, rural feel, mm-hmm. um, and suburban feel is a few miles away, and you get right down to the urban uh, in the Twin Cities pretty quickly. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and then our neighbors to the west, our, our conference, uh, many of our schools are aligned to the west of us, so sure. we really, you know, we really have a chance to connect with all types of schools, and that's been uh, it's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the reasons that um, I wanted to even start this podcast some months ago was the idea that rural Minnesota and rural areas across uh, North America and other parts of the world often don't have access to an IB education for whatever reason. And, and your size school is fairly typical. You know, it, it, there are many smaller schools, but there are also many larger schools in, in rural areas that, you know, they, they could relate, I think, to the size of your school and the fact that, that you know, you're actually a member of the Minnesota Rural Educators Association, and uh, we'll, you and I, in fact, will be presenting to that group in the fall in 2019, where we are now. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm very excited about that as well. Um, so, why don't you talk about? Uh, you mentioned that you are. I think you said you're a candidate school now. Uh, what What was kind of what is the timeline? So, for someone who doesn't know 
the process or what it takes to become an IB school? Where do you where do you begin with IB with an application, and uh, you know where are you at now in relation to where you're going to be in six months to a year or two years from now? Certainly, and I I want to provide a caveat right up front. I believe uh, IB is changing their um, application process to make it more of a rolling process. Okay. But oh I'll yeah, right. Explain uh, the situation that we had. We um, I was named the IB uh, program administrator uh, on January 3rd, so right after winter break, and we had an IB advisory committee. We brought that together within a couple weeks, and that was teachers, counselors, administrators, and that was a group, hey, we, we need to get started. We need to get the word out to people of what exactly IB is, um, just trying to decode the different acronyms and Oh, sure. um, what does what what do we have to do in terms of professional development? Yeah. So the the nice thing about the applications is they they are extensive, but they certainly give you a roadmap of here's what you right. need to do. So I, I look at the phases. There is the pre-candidate phase, which is what we were um, right away. Then we submitted an application, and within about thirty days, we were informed from. CP and CP that we were officially a candidate school, okay. and then in an additional 20 days, we found out from MYP. Okay. So, so within within two months, school, yeah, within a couple months, you had all your applications have been responded to already, and you were candidates. Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. And so now, the candidate school, we are assigned, or we we have the opportunity to work with a consultant, and they provide 20 hours of. Uh, on-site consultation, uh, they lead workshops, they provide support, they um, can answer questions from stakeholders. So we're excited because our MYP consultant will be out this fall for a full-day workshop okay. with all of our high school teachers and administration. And it's it's just another step in the process, right. and we cannot wait. Yeah, and the nice thing about the consultancies that are part of your application um, process uh, give you the official word. I mean, that person has been trained. They're an IBIN. Uh, we have other podcasts describing what the IB Educator Network is, and they are official IBIN people at a fairly high level to be a consultant. Like, I'm an IBIN person, but I'm not, that's not my pay grade, so to speak. Uh, I'm just a, uh, I'm kind of a level one in, in IBIN, and, and you need to kind of have more experience and be in a level two. Uh, our president, uh, Kirk Carlson, who's been on a couple podcasts, is uh, IBIN level two and does a lot of consultancies um, with other schools. Yeah, so that, that process well, you're in now, that, that, that visit you have in the fall is neat because your whole school, all your staff will attend uh, a full day with that consultant. Is that right? Yes, and we, we have been... Uh, in, in a way, building the airplane while we're flying it, right? Yeah. And it's, I give yeah. our, our staff uh, just tremendous credit because just teaching, let, let's just set aside any changes or future changes to your grading system or to curriculum or to scope and sequence. Just uh, doing everything you can to support our current students and families yep. is an incredible task. Right. Uh, it, yeah, and any transition. In any transition like this, you have the folks that are going to just miss out. <laughs> so, you, you know, you're, right. you've got people learning, but you've got students that are already in the higher grades that will never see an IB, um, you know, 
class, so to speak. Um, but I, you, I know from talking to you that your teachers are already starting to imp implement those things, and, and even the kids who won't be part of an official IB program will have some experience with the teachers kind of uh, learn the process themselves. Well, that's what, uh, what do they call it, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Yeah. That was, that's probably one of our biggest problems we're facing is because folks are hearing about all the positives and all the uh, just opportunities that IB provides. And folks are, you know, if you're a little bit older in this process, you won't get to access everything. So we're trying right. to create as many IB-type experiences as possible. Um, one thing that every student at our high school will gain from is our goal is to have every teacher trained by the fall. And what, if, if you count November as the fall, we'll have 100% of our teachers trained. Wow. And that's, uh, that's very exciting. We are fortunate to be part of a, a grant, a magnet school assistant program, or MSAP grant. Okay. Um, and we apply for that through Northwest Suburban uh, Integration School District. So that gives us another layer of connection sure. with several schools that are also these grant recipients. Yeah. And so that the grant, we won't speak, talk too much in the terms of specifics, but I mean, one of the things the grant is doing for you, as I understand it, is it allows you to get, um, kind of really get the training uh, loaded in up front so that all the teachers have the basic information early in the application process, rather than kind of trickling that information in and some folks just getting it as they begin implementing the program. So uh, you know, grants uh, play a role for a lot of IB schools in North America, at least. Uh, grants are a big thing. Many schools don't have the quote-unquote luxury of a grant, but um, depending on the level of commitment, you can still, you know, take on this challenge of becoming an IB World School uh, in, in as little as, what is it, two years is kind of the minimum time it takes, two to three? That's what, and, and that's the target we've been given, and what's interesting is you can, with the middle years program, you can start, you know, referencing MYP um, materials and MYP type classes. And when our, you know, we're targeting uh, sometime in late 2020, early 2021 as our authorization visit. Okay. So well, for the we visit. are creating our action plan to be fully prepared for a, an authorization visit for MYP, DT, and CT. And so we, we realize a lot of work has to go in. I mean, you can't just change your scope of sequence in the middle of the 2021 school year. Right. That right. was a lot of work that we had to do right away. And it, it would, there were some challenges to that because we are, we're talking about changes that are happening three or four years down the road and not everyone had been trained yet or mm -hmm. had um, the same uh, experience or understanding of IB. So right. that's why we've made this commitment that we really want to front load professional development to get at least we have a, a solid foundation. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the NYP consultant visit this fall will, will add to that foundation and we'll really be able to uh, help our, our students and families and community members too um, as we progress. Yeah. So the timeline, just to review, we're in 2019 right now. And what you just described is that in about two years or a little less than two years, you'll have your visit. And that means you'll be authorized with everything going according to plan, we hope, uh, two years from this yeah. fall. So in the so in this is this coming fall will be the 20, tw I'm sorry, the 2019 fall, 2019, 2020 school year will be beginning. And you will hopefully be authorized in the fall of 21 
going into the 21-22 year. That's yeah, is, yeah, we so. we are, and, and, and I, I appreciate you putting that caveat on there. If we hit every milestone, if we, um, if we uh, check every box and, and um, accomplish every goal that we need to accomplish, that's what we would target yeah. in the fall of the 21-22 school years to be offering MYP, CP, and CP courses to all of our students. That's so that's true. our goal, and we, we, we are just we're working really hard to accomplish that goal. That's, that's terrific. And I'm looking at, uh, uh, on my computer screen in front of me here, I'm looking at the IB website, which I will link in the podcast notes, uh, the section on authorization milestones. In fact, if you go to ibo.org and you see at the top in the series of five choices at the top, the middle one is called Become an IB School. And within that, there's authorization milestones. You can download a, uh, a PDF that shows you the typical time frame. Obviously, Matt, you and your school and your staff and community have been preparing for this for a while, but at this point, now that you are candidates, essentially two years from this point, uh, if everything goes well, is when you would be authorized, and and that's I think that's pretty typical. It's just that lead-in, like you mentioned, you started four years ago, you know, in, in various, because right. you, you needed some funding to be able to do this much training at one time. Other schools might have started three, four years ago, kind of kind of uh, slowly meeting out the training as they could afford it. And so it, it depends on the size of your school and how you want to approach the approaches. I want to, I will say this about you personally and also your school and school district and the leadership in your school district is that they have been all in. I've been there for some meetings and, and uh, you know, you've got a tremendous support. And one of the key aspects of the authorization is to illustrate to IB that you in fact do have community uh, school board leadership everybody you know needs to be on board they don't want just one person going rogue and saying i want an ib school it definitely involves everybody in the whole community it has been uh, i think collaboration is one of those key words and yeah. so i spoke earlier about the collaboration with the coordinators the principals the administrators and teachers from other ib schools but it's also collaboration within our school district and it's really open up doors, uh, started conversations about grading or about oh, sure. uh, communicating assessment. Um, those are all good things to talk about and, and to find the best path forward um, at the trainings, right? It's the collaboration with other teachers and administrators uh, with all varying degrees of experience in IB. Right. So I, I have been, yeah, we have been very, very uh, fortunate to have a school board as supportive as they are our superintendent and, and his leadership through this process, um, our, our other administrators through the other buildings. And, and for our high school now, it will now make, now that our high school will be a magnet school, all three of our, we'll, we're, I mean, we're a one elementary, one middle school, one high school district. And it, when you look in your smaller communities, that's going to be typical. Um, we, we have uh, synergy uh, amongst our, our staff. And so... Uh, we're really, really appreciative of it. And one thing I'll say, uh, we've had some folks that have been a little frustrated in the pace because they want to move faster, yeah. right? They, Isn't that they, great? <laughs> they really want to roll up their sleeves and, and get after this, and I, I appreciate that. And, and what we've tried to communicate to folks is we're going to go the speed we need to go to get this right. Yeah. And, and that's because um, we don't have time to to do it again if we don't do it right the first right. time. No, so that's right. We're, we're taking our time and, and 
uh, again, those contacts that we have within Minnesota, with the IB, um, and within our district have been invaluable. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, Matt, I'm looking at the time here, and, and you and I, we we decided we didn't have a ton of time this time, but that's fine. This will make a great introduction, and, and you just rattled off a few things that will make good uh, future episodes, kind of talking about how your school is converting the assessment. A question I didn't get to, but I think is really critical, and we'll answer it in the next one for sure, which is why. You know, why did you feel IB? You mentioned a little bit about the fact you didn't have a an identity as such, a, a, an academic identity, but... I think there was more to it than that, too, as, as we've talked over the, the last uh, couple of years or so. And so I'd love to have people kind of hear, well, you know, what, what is it that, that, you know, besides that, that, I, that academic identity, what is it about IB specifically that made that the choice versus some other possibilities or options that you might have available to you? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about some of the other, you know, what are some of the challenges? What are, you know, what are some of the, the Kind of things that aren't necessarily in the in the guidebook, but come up when you start to kind of go through the right. process. Yeah. So. Uh, well, John, we're yeah. going to need more time to for sure. Deep questions, great questions, and I'm looking forward to uh, answering them and, and sharing them with you. Good. Well, I expect this to be the first of about two two years of podcasts. You know, ah, when when you make new great. steps along the way, or when you get you know after you have your visit with your consultant, things like that. Love to hear how that went. And so we'll talk again in the next uh, little while, and we'll get some more podcasts out this summer. But I know a lot of schools. I'm hoping we'll we'll take this up as a as a as a roadmap for how at least one school goes about doing this. So I, again, thank you for your time, Matt. Sure thing, John. We want to do. We have been helped by so many. We will do, and I will do everything I can to provide assistance uh, moving forward. Thank you so much. You bet. That's terrific. Thanks. You can learn much more about becoming an IB school and other aspects of the IB pre-K to 12 continuum of education using links in our podcast notes, as well as on the IB website at ibo.org. Please find all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts and click subscribe so you don't miss any future programs. Follow us on Twitter at MattersIB. Also help us spread the word about IB by liking and sharing the IB Matters links in your own feeds and social networks. In very little time, we have already been heard in over 60 countries, a testament to the global reach of the IB. 